G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode four of the Outback Mine podcast. much for joining in uh episode four it's uh come around pretty quick but uh it's uh, been a, a nice little journey so far we've got some tremendous people uh, lined up to come on here and a terrific uh gentleman today uh coming along for a chat by the name of mark bun now mark some of you may remember was a footballer played uh for fitzroy back in the day but also hawthorne and i'm sure you'll tell us a bit more about his, his career but uh more importantly, Mark's doing some magnificent work um, throughout Australia, but also throughout the world, uh, educating people uh, around well-being and sort of resetting their bodies and minds through changing their philosophy with the way they eat uh, and the way that they, they look at life and also through settling the mind through meditation and a variety of different practices as well. And Mark's got some tremendous knowledge and wisdom around this and he's studied uh, uh, in Eastern cultures, but also has an understanding of the way we see things in the West and how we can basically reset that. So uh, I'm sure we're going to be in for a, uh, an enlightening conversation here uh, over the next uh, period with Mark. So I'm really grateful for Mark for joining me. Are you there, mate? I'm here, Aaron. Great to be with you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Appreciate it. So uh, yeah, Mark's, uh, Mark's in Victoria at the moment, uh, up at a place called Sassafras. So he tells me it's pretty cold down there, and I'm sitting here with shorts and the aircon on, so I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy about that. <laughs> but all good, mate. <laughs> really, really appreciate you being here and, uh, and spending uh, a bit of time to speak with me and, and getting some you know, valuable information out to, uh, to guys throughout the country. And, um, you know, it's really good to, uh, to get people like yourself on because you've sort of had a journey yourself and you've sort of come to a point where you are now where you understand, you know, well-being at a higher level. And I guess the more people like ourselves can share that with, uh, with others out there, it gives them the ability to be able to make changes in their life and maybe overcome the challenges that they've had. So i um, really grateful that uh, we can get this out there, Mark. And um, I suppose first and foremost, it'd be great to hear a bit about your journey from, you know, where you were as a young guy and... Uh, sort of where you went through the footy system and sort of to where you are now. Yeah, that'd be, be awesome if you'd uh, run us through that, please. Yeah, pleasure, buddy. So, yeah, no, I started off really as a kid. All I wanted to do was to play AFL footy like many, many kids. And uh, I was pretty disciplined, pretty focused on it. And uh, obviously just made the, made the grade. And I guess at the same time, I was studying uh, Western health science you know, I was the sort of player that uh, wasn't as naturally gifted as others, so I had to sort of look to get every competitive advantage I could. So I was studying sort of exercise science. My mother was into mind-body medicine, giving me books, you know, Deepak Chopper and Louise Hay and all these sort of people trying to get the maximum out of your mind and uh, that sort of area. So um, probably for me, the fact that I wasn't a great AFL football, like at that level, obviously six seasons, I was just just a, a very average player at, at that level. Um, presented one problem in that, you know, it was sort of like, you know, what do I do with the rest of my life once football had finished? Um, and sort of, I was lucky in a way that when I was 
just 19, actually, my first season, um, I got to learn something called Transcendental Meditation, which at the time, going back 30 years, was a pretty strange-sounding thing and uh, sounded pretty weird, but I, I loved it. It was just very simple and the idea of meditating to take that time for yourself and to transcend, which just basically means to go beyond. You know, when we transcend, we go beyond the, the busy mind, the active mind, the mind that's full of all the stress and the worries and the day-to-day hassles and just get that sort of sense of calm and peace and silence within. So that really set me up. I was actually able to use that during my footy career and hopefully not stress so much about how average I was as a player and <laughs> all the <laughs> mental health demons that went with it. And, uh, yeah. and then that, that segued me into something called Ayurvedic medicine. Um, as I said, I was studying Western health science, all the latest sort of fads and the shiny modern medicine and research and then Ayurveda is a traditional Eastern system of healthcare basically from India and it's all about um, you know the rhythms of nature and living in tune with what we call natural law that there's an intelligence to our universe and therefore each of our individual minds and bodies and if we can live in tune with that intelligence then life flows and this really resonated with me I love the simple wisdom of it and obviously it's been backed up for thousands and thousands of years of long living cultures and traditional cultures that have lived sort of happily as communities and individually and and so ever since I've been marrying the best of the eastern ancient wisdoms that have stood the test of time but also backing that up with sort of good modern science and the sort of western data that everyone tends to like these days and uh, yeah sort of putting that into books and podcasts and speaking at conferences for businesses and school groups and uh, all that sort of thing. So, no, it's been an interesting journey. Absolutely, mate. And, you know, I'm really uh, grateful to you, to, to hear from you, uh, you know, about that. And the average the average person that uh, goes through the school system and, and then goes to uni and uh, follows that path doesn't really know the other way. So it took a lot of courage for you to be able to sort of ask questions, I suppose, back then and be able to you know sort of think that there could be a, a better way or another way and it's like everything in life I guess you know uh, if you're curious then you will go towards it and um, if we're you, you're 100% right if we're flowing against nature then nature will force against uh, against us and you know I believe this is where we've, we've got to you know dive deep into this conversation to sort of help people um, you know become more aware that uh, you know the, the body is, a, is always trying to heal and, and be better, but I think we just get in its road uh, quite consistently. So that's something that, uh, that really woke up for me. Like I went to, to uni to study nutrition and um, I quickly learned that I was just being directed the wrong way. So very much like yourself, I went overseas and looked at cultures and um, I went uh, you know, right into the raw food diet for a period just to uh, give my body a complete reset. And once I did that, I just, like, everything seemed to work really well and it wasn't like, my liver and kidneys and my heart and my lungs and my spleen and my pancreas were working hard anymore. So, um, you know, I got back into the natural rhythm of my own body and, and, you know, that took a lot of courage for myself to go against the norm and what you did took a lot of courage to go against the norm. So, you know, I guess, you know, you're here talking to me and I'm talking to you because we, we did that. And, um, you know, for a man to do that, it takes a fair bit to go against the grain. So really beautiful to hear, uh, you know, sort of where you come from and, and sort of, you know, walking away from the, 
traditional realm. And I suppose that would have been pretty weird with a lot of your footy mates, what you were doing with it, or? <laughs> well, funny you should mention the, the footy mates. Yeah, if you can imagine 30 years ago in a, in a football, you know, obviously very male, macho sort of uh, environment. So at 19, I, was, uh, I would sneak off in the games, like you'd be playing at the MCG or something, and the guys would be out there banging their head against the wall and hitting, listening to Pat Benatar on the, mm. you know, the stereo, and I'd, I'd sneak off into the, the toilets and meditate, and so, I'd do uh, yoga sun salutations for my warm-up <laughs> training, and I'd, I'd breathe through my nose during pre-season training, and I'd go and do yoga and meditation retreats at, uh, at Christmas break instead of going to Las Vegas and uh, writing myself off. So yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Was, it. Uh, but uh, most of them, they didn't know most of that. I'd still, I'd still go out and hit the drink and sort of party on with them at the appropriate times. But then I'd sneak off and do my own own stuff on the side to uh, try and keep the balance. So uh, yeah, but it's a lot of a lot of change now. I think a lot of AFL teams do a lot of that sort of stuff for more and more. But um, yeah, no, you have to be different. And I had this scenario that you know, as as people we think of the weirdos, you know, they're the sort of these outliers that go against the grain and I used to always have this saying well if, if you're not weird if you're doing what everyone else is doing then you're on the wrong path because as we know very high percentage of our society are either stressed they're obese they've got diabetes they're premature heart attacks you know most people aren't living a very really high level of health and happiness so you actually want to be doing something different to most people or else you're uh you're heading down the wrong track <laughs> mm, yeah mate it's it's interesting you know modern health is still still you know in that in that uh mindset where you know the reactive uh philosophy is you know overpowering the the preventative philosophy and um this is, I guess, you know, a big part of what I'm trying to do is give people tools to, to prevent things happening rather than waiting for them to happen and then trying to deal with it, you know. So, um, you know, what you were doing essentially back then, you were, you were giving yourself uh, time to settle your mind. So that, that helped you reset. And, you know, I did some work with some footy clubs before I come up and um, just giving them the opportunity to, to you know settle the mind through the body by, by doing some some yin yoga and then they could actually understand that they felt calm and that calmness went out into the field with them so they were able to think clearer but also they knew what to do they just had to get the job done you know they weren't stressed and anxious so you now one side in particular um, a small country um, rural town um, where I was living these guys before the grand final, we're just talking like you and I. They weren't like tensed and stressed and so forth. So they're burning a lot of energy while they're doing that. But if they go out there with the mindset where they're they're going to be calm and awake and aware, then they already know what to do. They just got to you know go out and execute. And um, there's a lot in that. So mate, you were well ahead of your time. That's it's really beautiful to hear. Well, it's a it's a really good point that you touch on because as you say, we're starting to drill down into some real practical tips of people listening and one of the key ones that you touched on is that this idea of calming the mind not just for your example in terms of football performance but every aspect of health you know when as men we think of you know often we think of diet you know as blokes we think yeah maybe i've got to cut down the level of alcohol i'm taking or stop the 
cigarette smoke, it's not a good example for my kids or, you know, how can I exercise more and lose some weight? And we often, we focus on those areas and they're like the, the superficial area actually. And what's, what underlies them is this calmness or contentment in mind. We all know that if we're stressed, if there's a significant stress, we've had a you know relationship breakup or lost our job at work, then we are far more likely to go and you know be binging on the pizza and drinking too much beer and all the rest of it. So this is why this idea for the first step is just some form of meditation or quietness, just giving us the um, well, just the, the ability or chance to just take 5, 10, 15 minutes a day out of their lives just to be by themselves and preferably learn some form of meditation practice that just helps that calm the mind, release the stress. We know as the stress goes, it's physical and mental, emotional. So if we can remove that stress and just have a little bit more sense of calm, then naturally, with spontaneously, without forcing it, or sort of using willpower or discipline that we usually require or rely on, we just naturally, oh, maybe I won't have so many beers tonight, or, you know, maybe I'll have a bit of salad with the pizza tonight, you know, we just favour more health-supporting behaviours, you know, oh, and you're not so reactive to the, the kids or, the, you know, the, the wife or whatever it is. And so it's really fundamental, that point you made, and this is the step. We've got to get this calmness of mind meditation transcendence these things first and this is all the ancient wisdom all the great traditions the philosophers the, the saints the enlightened masters always taught don't try to change the behavior first the diet or the exercise create that equanimity get calm and then all the rest of it will just naturally come along much easier mm, that's right it's it's amazing and you know having the ability and the awareness to manage the nervous system is something that we just don't understand now when we are feeling a certain way you know what's led to that why is the tension in the body where's it coming from uh and then be able to you know proactively uh manage that or deal with that rather than doing it um through something that might have later consequences so now in modern society a lot of us go to work and we come home and we feel like really uh, really tense and we might have a beer or whatever then a heavy meal and we go to bed and our body's trying to deal with that while it's you know trying to recover and and, and respond and um, you know be healthy but when it's dealing with food uh, at night then you know the chances of us not having good sleep and waking up groggy uh, you know increase significantly but a lot of us out there don't actually really remember what it was like to wake up feeling good you know and um, I always, I always say, you know, kids were born awake, then we'll put to sleep, and some of us wake up, but not many do. We've got to try and, you know, encourage people to have the ability to be able to use little things that make them feel better, that might make, make them, you know, a little bit more conscious, and then they can start to, you know, change uh, small parts of their life. But getting calm, as you said, is is all part of that. So, getting back home like i always say you know, come home get get back, back back home again and that's really the sense of peace that we've all got within us it's just a matter of being able to work out a way of, of uh, doing that without you know a drink or taking some drugs or whatever i guess yeah yeah and and you touched on the, the evening and often we come home you know that that stressful day which we all have 
um, we're all human. Um, but you know, it's the beer and the big, the big heavy meal at night. So uh, uh, another real practical suggestion I often speak about um, for you know not only men but families is just this idea of eating lighter meals in the evening. So without getting into the whole science of Ayurvedic medicine, but they understand that we have a daily clock. In nature, there's a daily rhythm. And what we are designed to do as humans, as men, is different at different times of the day. When the sun's at its peak in the middle of the day, the digestive fire, the inner sun, in a sense, is at its strongest to digest food and assimilate the nutrients and absorb. Whereas at night time, when the sun sets, we humans are intimately connected to those cycles. So in our physiology, our internal sun, the, the digestive fire, is also going to sleep at night. And our Western culture has traditionally been, you know, get lunch, eat on the run, get the job done, get the work, look after the clients, and then we come home and have these big three-course meals, steak and three veg, mm. parma, dessert at night. And the body's just not designed to digest that food at that time and not only do we compromise the digestion but as you touched on we actually compromise our whole sleep cycle so we actually don't get the rejuvenation from sleep we don't repair the cells as much we can't eliminate the waste and the impurities so we actually wake up in the morning and the body's not refreshed you know so we need caffeine to get going we get into this whole sort of cycle of trying to um, manage the tiredness and the fatigue and the lack of vitality that we should naturally have. So this one little tip, and many listeners will probably experimented at least with intermittent fasting, which has been very popular over the last year or two, and it's a similar science, that just once the sun goes down, to really minimise the food intake, having more of the meal, you know, at midday and late afternoon, early evening, and then having that time of fasting, giving the body a rest, 75% of our energy goes to digesting food. So if we can just have that lighter meal at night or eat earlier, and then people will just get much more out of their sleep. They'll need to sleep less. They'll wake up fresher, waking up fresher, more motivated to exercise, just clearer thinking. And the whole day just takes on a whole different flavor and just health just comes much much easier so um yeah that's another really really big one to focus on very important um you know also with mental health i guess the average person that's going to a, a doctor uh, with anxiety or depression um are they getting this information i'm very very doubtful it's usually uh you know straight on to medication but actually looking at what's going on within their cyclic rhythm uh, mm. to be able to, to look at that wholeheartedly rather than, um, you know, just reacting, um, I guess. And, you know, it's very hard, Mark. Like we've, we've been educated to binge, you know, at school, it's all birthday parties, good times all around binging, um, you know, and then as you get older, it's all about supporting the nighttime economy, you know. So, so you, you do your sport, you, you drink hard, you, you'd eat late, and you get up Sunday and you feel shit house and then you still have a late meal on Sunday and then you do it again Monday and then all of a sudden your body's really out of whack. Go to footy training, get home, have a big meal, all that type of thing. Um, same as a guy that's at work. So, you know, we've got some, some serious habits to break, uh, I guess, at the end of the day. And that can be really confronting for people. But, 
you, you, you hit on it, the lighter meal at night time, just, just something very, really small, even a shake or a soup or a salad um, can make a big difference because your body doesn't have to work as hard to, to digest that. So the book that I put together, I put in a food um, combining chart just to, to help people understand what foods go with what and you know, how to combine them yep. well. So you know your body can deal with it better rather than you know, getting, getting a heap of protein in and then putting like sugar on top of it um, you know, with sweets and that. It, it really just stuffs up the whole digestive cycle. And um, you know, we, we, we're just being trained to, to have the, the meal and then the ice cream and the cake and then supper and that sort of thing, you know. So, so that, this has got a, a tremendous effect on our mental well-being if we can get this right. And, um, you know, food isn't the same as what it was when we were kids either, we've got to remember. Like, a lot of it's uh, been enhanced in many ways. So our body's got to deal with all that, uh, that as well, you know. It's not really getting the natural nutrients in or the good... Uh, uh, good uptake from 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 the nutrients, which are you know really rich. They're probably uh, usually calorie dense and not that uh, not that good for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Some really good points there. One is as you touched on it. We often think of mental health as just this domain of what we do mentally. You know how we think or um, stress at work, but it's really just as much, if not more physical and you know this idea of food you know what's what's what what does what i eat got to do with you know whether i'm depressed or i'm anxious well it's got a massive amount to do with it because as you know the old saying is we are what we eat so literally the cells that build not only our heart and our liver and our bones but the actual nervous system and the neurochemicals that we need to manufacture and those all the biochemicals that develop, you know, serotonin and dopamine and all the things we hear about, these all come from food. Our whole body, really, when we think of it, is nothing, literally nothing other than what we eat, how we breathe, and what we consume through liquids. So mental health, we need to understand this connection with good diet um, is really important. Obviously, that more natural diet as we can, trying to reduce the the artificial foods and the enhancers and the additives and which have a massive effect on um, poor mental health. And the other part of it is just this idea of just gradual changes. You know, you mentioned how tough it is for people, and it is, you know, when they might they might hear me think speaking and saying, you know, eat lighter at night and meditate and most blokes are thinking, well, you know, stuff that, you know, I'm busy and I'm stressed. And like my point would be just just start just do one night a week you know just pick one one day of the week or one night or just do one little thing don't think you have to turn your whole life upside down from this conversation you know most people can't maintain that it's not practical we really have to make change easy do small steps you know so it might be just once a week you have a lighter meal, you know, it might be on a weekend where you've been out with the boys for lunch, a big lunch, and you had a few drinks, and you've had a big meal at the pub, and then you're not hungry anyway for dinner. So maybe that's the night where you just don't have dinner or you have something really light. Um, same with exercise, same with meditation. If, you know, finding 10 or 20 minutes a day is just far too much in one jump, you know, pick a couple of days a week that meditation days or just start with five minutes a day or just make it really easy you know so it's comfortable and then once it's part of the routine then take the next step mm -hmm. that's right mate and yeah look it's 
it's, it's trying to make it palatable and simple for people. I always used to say, what do you do that makes you feel calm? For guys, it's fishing. You know, they'll, they'll go fishing, they'll feel relaxed, yep. that sort of thing. Well, it's about being able to, to get into that space every day. When you're, when you're in that calm, relaxed state, your breath's in a flow, your mind's settled, your, your body is not working hard, you know, your heart rate's quite low and content and your body's actually got a chance to, to heal. And um, tuning in meditation primarily um, is a, a self-awareness exercise where you can see where your mind's going to the past or the future. And it's being able to harness that just by by getting back to that state of contentment, as I as I mentioned, like you know, feeling home again, and and that's something that we all have within us. It's just a matter of uh, being able to to access that, and and you know, we still with with guys primarily see this as being weird, but you know, being able to sit still is, is very tough, and I know it was for me when I first started out with this type of stuff, but you know, over time, it's just a, like learning a new skill. You know, it's just something you've got to got to keep showing up every day and train yourself to be able to to just give yourself that space and time and um, eventually you know the body will start to change the nervous system will start to settle down and then things will will you know progress I suppose so it's I guess you know also about having goals so to be able to say so I'm going to do something for 40 days to build a habit and if that goes well then you can continue it or try something else but you really got to be consistent and show up, you know, all the time to be able to, to make significant changes rather than outsource it. And I think we're outsourcing our health uh, too much, you know, whereas all the, all the powers within us, if we're able to, you know, just be a little bit uh, curious and, uh, and be accepting that these things may actually work for us, you know, if we just give ourselves space to do so. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, Good point. We often think as blokes, you know, these things like meditation are, you know, soft or they're, you know, wussy or, you know, but I think it's really important to, you know, we, we blokes, we like to talk about performance rather than health. And I could probably sit here for the next 15 minutes and just give you name after name after name about high level performers in business, sport, who have been meditating religiously once if not twice a day for years if not decades mm. you know so the people that are able to maintain high level performance whether that's in a job as a parent as an athlete meditation arguably in and the research has been that in over 80 percent of the cases they say it's the number one reason for their success whether it's an anthony robbins in business tim ferris in business paul ruse who you've had on this podcast been meditating for 20, 30 years, Collingwood Footy Club, three or four AFL teams have been taught as entire clubs, probably more so now. Um, you know, meditation is just a, it's not this, you know, cross-legged, saffron robe, smelling incense thing that, you know, we might have thought it was 20 years ago. It's simply just contacting that inner reservoir of energy and intelligence and calm, which is actually the foundation of all success. Um, but your point about fishing is another really good one. It's like as blokes, and it's not just about sitting in a chair and closing your eyes and meditating. It's just these daily hobbies that give us a sense of calm. And fishing is a great example, but it can be, you know, going to the footy and going out, going to the pub with your mates. You know, this idea of connections, what we're really, what the research is showing is the biggest detriment to our mental health in our Western societies is 
social isolation and loneliness that we're just we don't connect like traditional cultures have done and so again probably the number one recommendation to anyone listening who's maybe in that difficult space where they are feeling anxious or depressed or is just how can they reach out and or maybe people that are listening that know their friends or relative or someone out there that's suffering um, rather than trying to get them to eat better or to exercise is just you know get them along in a group situation you know this connection and getting them down to the footy club or the cricket club and you know it's just that mm. chatting with you with the guys and it, it's just so critical for for mental health you know whether it's involving drinking things we maybe shouldn't be doing much or eating party pies it's in a sense those things are secondary to you know just feeling part of a community and a group so uh yeah, yeah. that's awesome mate and i guess at the end of the day mark like I, i'm really passionate about getting employers to to do more in this space um encourage people to to have quiet time um you know sports clubs and so forth as well have got a, a tremendous uh, opportunity to be able to encompass this into their program uh as well to be able to give people uh the ability and the awareness uh that this sort of stuff's okay um schools obviously are starting to adopt it uh, a little now which i think is very important because the world's so much more stimulated than what it was uh so it's you know unless something that they act now then the world's going to be in chaos in 20 years when these kids get older you know so it's great to see that um that, that schools are embodying uh, this type of uh, technology, well, it's, it's ancient technology primarily, but um, you know, every human being on the planet is the same. At the end of the day, we just need to be able to uh, learn our slow with our go, or be able to inco- incorporate our slow with our go, and we've got too much go. So, you know, I just believe, uh, you know, you look at um, ancient wisdom, the yin and the yang, to be able to balance both is really important, and uh, it's something that, uh, we need to re-educate ourselves on and I really believe you know what I touched on there the workplace this the, the sports club and so forth can play a critical part um, you know in the development of, of guys uh, primarily uh, you know to to help them be better employees employees that are valued and they have longevity within the organization and ones that can stay yep. connected because if you can stay connected and you're you know you're getting some really valuable content out of what you're doing then it's so much more valuable than earning the big dollars and buying the toys to give you temporary happiness you know yeah beautiful yeah well i mean i've spent probably 20 years um working with companies and uh yeah said school staff groups and uh and what really comes out more and more in the last four or five years particularly with the, the research with Positive psychology is just this whole idea of staff engagement and, you know, having them feeling like the bosses and the senior managers, you know, actually care for them as individuals is absolutely paramount. And, um, yeah, obviously, I mean, people like, again, Paul Roos, who's a teammate of mine many moons ago, but what I think he really brought to the whole coaching fraternity in AFL was that very much that, that as leaders, you know, it's about caring for our people whether they're athletes or employees fundamentally first and you know i think that's what richmond footy club have done very well in the last few years that mm. you know they're not just they're not just athletes who perform on a saturday you know employees aren't people who just turn up and you know don't have anything going on else in their life it's if there's if there's troubles then 
you know, that's going to affect their workplace productivity. So um, it's a lot about those conversations and just getting to know people and making sure things are okay outside of the workplace. It uh, has such a such an impact on uh, on everyone around them. So. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Mate, that Richmond is a tremendous example in its essence because there, I can name three highly strung individuals who were pre- pre- the, the previous to this, you know, they would not have achieved what they've achieved, but say Damien, Dustin and Jack, like really, yep. really, really tense individuals, you know, and yelling and screaming and carrying on and all that. And, you know, they've probably had a bit of trauma in their younger age, uh, perhaps, which, which might have brought that on, which a lot of guys have. but. You know, to be able to embody a meditation practice when you're, when you're like that is not easy. So these guys have actually done it and we've seen the results of what that's, um, what's that, what that's actually brought on. But, you know, for those guys to go from that really, really agitated mind back to a calm, neutral mind has is, is just been astounding. So, you know, it's, it's accolades to whoever's taught them the program and be able to actually give them those skills because that just shows to me that that's available to anyone. You know, that's available to the, to the bloke out there laying bricks. It's available to the, um, the young bloke that's playing under-17s or whatever. If they're, if they're really strengthened, they've had, tense and they've had lots of um, stuff going on in their life, you know, to be able to learn a practice where you can come back to yourself again, this is what's going on. I believe with Richmond, you know, they, they know each other so well through what they've actually gone through together the whole flow of the game just works for them. You know, they, they, they know what to do. They just get it there and execute. And, um, you know, that, that's been such a tremendous thing. So uh, I believe that's yeah. hopefully going to, uh, you know, bring some cultural shift to clubs, but also to the workplace. The workplaces can be performing so much better, you know, if they empower their people and they retain their people and they really encourage them to, to you know, be their best. And, and that's where... You know the whole industrial revolution to where we've got to now has sort of worked against the flow of nature you know we've really worked against the flow of nature so give people the ability to be able to get back to that flow again and i think everything will improve yeah well absolutely and and the other the other aspect of the richmond journey was not only just the meditation but what sort of underlay that was really interesting i talk a lot about this with business groups because it and, and it's so important for men's health is that a guy called Shane McCurry actually went in at the end of uh, or start of 2017 you can remember I think it was 16 where Hardwick was so close to getting the sack you yep. know it was a, apparently the morale was terrible Trent Cotchin was the worst captain in the league and you know every as you said everyone was so tense and they're working hard but just and Shane McCurry came in and did a program based around heroes, highlights, and hardships. And it was basically in the pre-season where starting with the coaches, Hardwick himself, and then into the assistant coaches and players, they would basically have the forum, the floor to share, you know, a personal highlight in their life, a hero that they, you know, were inspired by. But most importantly, they got to share a hardship or hardships and apparently that just completely changed the culture. And in men's health, it's so important because the biggest obstacle is our fear of being vulnerable. You know, we're taught to have this strong exterior and we've got to be tough and macho and it's, you know, we're seen as weak if we cry or we're, you know, show pain or... 
and this was the exact opposite. You know, players would be getting up there and being in tears because they'd be talking about, you know, their parent, one of their parents being sick or their partner having cancer or one of their kids or... And you can imagine just how the others in the group responded to that. You know, the empathy for their teammates and their coaches that no one's bulletproof and if maybe a player's not performing to the required level, rather than, you know, hey, dickhead, you know, what do you pull your socks up and why are you know, doing this? It's like, you know, what you know, they understood that maybe there's things going on at home that's distracting them or... And so the empathy and the bond that it created was just unbelievable. And you could see how they played, obviously, from 2017 onwards. They were just enjoying themselves more. Football wasn't this be-all and end-all. It was just part of a bigger picture of life. And I think Ben Crow also had some really great input into, into that. So, um, yeah, this, but this idea of vulnerability that we as men, we just can't keep putting up this sort of bulletproof exterior. We've got to... We're doing it tough, you know, if life's tough, we've got to reach out to, you know, friends or family or, you know, Lifeline or whoever it is and um, just get it out and usually, you know, every time we feel better and then we're better able to, to help others. So, uh, important right. one. Absolutely, Mark. And what, you, what you've touched on is accessing the higher levels of consciousness, which we've actually been pushed away from. So, you know, yep. vulnerability, compassion, gratitude, all that type of stuff really gets you back to... You know that that state of meditation again doesn't it? it gets you back to that 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 centered state that heart state um which is where we grow but see richmond were in the mindset of fear guilt shame for years like everyone you know would i wouldn't say laugh at richmond but you knew what to expect every year after year they'd finish ninth or they'd um you know they'd, they'd just be a a mess because of the conflict that was happening internally they'd be arguing against each other and all that and um, it's beautiful to hear that in 2016 that they actually made a decision to embrace this stuff. Otherwise, they'd be still in the same boat. So that's a, that's a great example because it's the same as a workplace that's it's, you know, performing okay. Take that workplace to another level by embracing these things and it's getting back to those levels of, 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 of consciousness which actually bring growth rather than sort of take it the other way. Yeah, no, beautifully put. And, uh, and obviously it's... The same for us as individuals, you know, that was a that was a football club team environment, but you know, I've been through the same myself and I'm sure you have. I had, you know, big shame issues as a, a teenager and young adult and uh, that stopped me from really enjoying life, you know, as much as I could and I had to address those and, you know, talk about them to, to friends and family and the more I, and what I know now is the more I do sort of own up to them and, and say things haven't been as rosy as they could have been or life's not perfect and you know people just naturally respond they you know give you a hug and they help you out and you feel connected and this is one of the big teachings you know Ben Crow particularly you know it's through our vulnerabilities that we create connections mm. you know if we don't if we're not vulnerable then we're isolated you know it's like people can't connect people connect through our toughest times. The toughest times we have in life, and people listening can think about these during their life, they're the times that have been the seeds for their best relationships or their strongest connections, because that's when your true mates reach out and help you out, and you just, often friends for life have been made through, you know, someone going through cancer or 
losing their job or one of their kids getting really sick or uh, it's not it's not the highs it's not the successes you know we enjoy those and they're great but you know the week next the week after <laughs> everyone's forgotten about it and so um yeah it's really about embracing these tough times when they come not that we live for them necessarily but um we open to them and uh, and move through them and um as much as possible, do them do them together. So that's really what you're doing with the podcast, which is uh, so fantastic, getting it out there to uh, people on mass. So good on you. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, I think yeah, just quickly on on that, like that 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 power of vulnerability. But primarily, um, these are things that we innately know when we're young. It just gets taken away from us, and I believe the education system, you know, starts to get us in that fear mode pretty early. And that can, can stay that can stay with us our whole life if unless we're really you know careful and, and aware of that. So, you know, with what happened last year and that that sort of well, what's still going on now is really putting people in that sort of tense stress mode. So okay, embody it, but also release it by you know giving yourself the power to be vulnerable, speak about it, but also don't lock that fear in. Uh, be able to you know do things like speak, meditate, all that type of stuff just to release it because if you keep keep it in within you then all of a sudden you're going to make choices you're going to eat late you're going to do all those sorts of things which you're going to you know lower your vibration and consciousness as well so you know there's there's a value valuable lesson in, in vulnerability that's for sure and that's being vulnerable enough to to sit still you know to speak all that type of stuff and as you say with guys we just we just seem to uh to hold it in and uh we all innately know what to do it's just the fear of actually um doing it is uh is the the secret i suppose to be able to move through that yeah, yeah, and I mean, and the big change, just to sum it up, is that you know traditionally we saw vulnerability as a sign of weakness, whereas it's actually a sign of strength. Mm. Um, those that are vulnerable, you know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes bloody a lot of courage and bravery to you know come out and speak some of that sort of stuff to a good friend or people you don't know. So uh, yeah, but we've got to see it as as a sign of strength, not as a sign of of weakness. Yeah, 100%, mate. I'm really, uh, really, really grateful that you've spent uh, the time with us this afternoon. I'm mindful uh, of your, uh, your, uh, your, your time off and you're doing your, your own thing, so I won't, uh, won't hold you up for too long, mate. But, um, yeah, I hope, uh, hope uh, listeners out there enjoyed uh, you know, hearing Mark and, and what, uh, what Mark's had to say with regards to his own journey and what he's been through and what he can actually... Um, uh, bring to others' lives through his uh, through his, through his experiences and, and understanding of you know functional human well-being. So, Mark, where can people get hold of you if they want to you know read your book or um, maybe get you along to the workplace to speak? Uh, yeah, it's Mark Bun B U double N, obviously. So, markbun.com.au is the website, and yeah, everything's on there: the books, the podcasts, and uh, all the stuff on the the speaking so uh yeah no we go into a lot of you know companies and speak at conferences and uh, leadership forums and as i said even school staff so uh men's health talks right through to just uh general performance and well-being ones for uh for companies so i uh, would love to come along to uh, any groups who are keen to explore those sort of uh topics so uh, thanks for having us on yeah appreciate it mate uh and uh certainly i'll um I will catch up with you soon, so I'll let you get back to your afternoon. Thanks very much, mate. Pleasure, Aaron, and uh, keep up your great work, buddy. Good on you. See ya. All right, mate. Cheers. There you go, guys. Uh, Mark Bunn, very uh, 
wise man, very functional man, and uh, certainly I'd encourage you to jump on his website and, uh, and have a look at what he's done, where he's come from, uh, and what he might be able to do to help you. Certainly recommend his book. Um, lots of insight onto, or into you know, blokes and what we can actually do to you know, change our habits and also get us back to our level of consciousness and well-being, which is going to help us thrive into our middle and older ages uh, and not just sort of be here um, surviving, absolutely thriving. And I think that's the, the gift that we all need to be able to give to one another is support each other to, uh, to be our best. So appreciate, uh, appreciate your time listening. If you've made it through the podcast, uh, any questions, uh, if you'd like to uh, give me some feedback, it'd be really appreciated. It's support at outbackmind.com.au. The website is www.outbackmind.com.au. Thanks very much, guys, and I'll uh, have another podcast up for you in the next couple of days. Thanks. Cheers.